All right, welcome to another episode of the Streaking Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and once again, I have Caroline with me this evening. Hello, Caroline. Hey. Hey. Yeah, hey. I sound a little weird this week, <laughs> but I'm better now. <laughs> <laughs> you sound great, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope you're feeling better. I think there's a play going around Charlottesville. Yeah, I, it's everyone great, I know has been sick. But, Don't uh, recommend it. Can't, can't uh, really say I highly recommend it. <laughs> hopefully it avoids our uh, collegiate sports teams uh, in Charlottesville. But we've also got Will with us back again on the podcast. Will, coming coming back for more punishment, more more analysis. We're, we're so happy to have you back here uh, on, on the podcast. I feel I always bring an expert analysis mm-hmm. and an in-depth look into the student-athletes' lives that you guys just don't get anywhere <laughs> So I'm glad to be to do something for everybody. It is a unique perspective. Uh, how how have you been since the the championship, the world championship? Some some of your fellow baseball alums. Um, the Nats can go to hell, um, <laughs> and that's where we'll leave it. Oh, but your buddy Sean. I am very happy that that uh, I'm very happy that Sean won. I can't say much for Zim since I've met him personally one time, and I can't say that we're friends. But I I did text Sean congratulations. I was the uh, the better the bigger person, and I told him <laughs> congratulations. Uh, well, for context, any dear listeners who don't know, Will is a diehard Atlanta Braves fan, which uh, division rivals as it is made it bittersweet maybe more bitter for you um than i mean sweet. i can't help it that uh the nats cheated to win the world series because major league baseball used different balls in the playoffs <laughs> than the entire regular season i so thought the, it, Braves, I, the, so the astros Braves, cheated and that, they, they overcame but, <laughs> everyone's the, cheating so the braves and dodgers had a team built and expected to play a certain way and then all of a sudden the two bad teams won the uh, division series so i mean I think that's proof positive that it's an asterisk World Series victory for the Nats, whether they want to recognize it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we'll um, I like it. I mean, we'll take that it's... up with the commissioner uh, next time we have him on and <laughs> see what we can next get week. done. Yeah, special guest. I was going to um, say Bud Selig, but that's wave. No, that's because you're Manfred. old. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is uh, back when we were young. Anyway, we, we need to talk about the who's. We've got um, – uh, a handful of all kinds to talk about football, fo- football, and uh, basketball. We're so happy basketball season's here. Why don't we Yay! start with basketball? Yay! The Hoosier 2 0 uh, after a big road win uh, to start the season in Syracuse, a game that I can't imagine non UVA fans were really excited about watching because that that's was... one that you can put in the category of like yeah i can see why people wouldn't like this yeah i'm gonna be honest i'm a uva fan and i didn't particularly enjoy it either. yeah it wasn't my favorite yeah. game i've ever watched well i mean I, I will say i don't i'm curious how you guys feel i was significantly less stressed this year than i was last year of course yeah it's it's honestly a, a delight like yeah. i was sitting there watching the game i was like all right shooting could get a little better and we'll talk i'm sure we'll talk about all that stuff but yeah yeah watching the game i was just kind of like yeah, all right. well yeah, you're more curious to see what they you know there's so many yeah. new faces but obviously your big point is that the pressure's off yeah. after after <laughs> silencing some critics with the championship so <laughs> really no, you know and dropping a 48 34 win the first game after winning a national championship 
in my mind is like gross. the best way Tony can be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. suck it. <laughs> like, so <laughs> we were fun for one year and now you're getting this nonsense. I think it's it's funny that it was Syracuse in particular because they're not going to play a lot of teams that play zone, although maybe they should if, if opposing yeah, coaches. Seriously. I know Will and I were discussing that oh, during God, the JMU no. game, right? Uh, I wonder how many games JMU is going to roll out. Uh, zone halfway through the first half um, but they were they were smart for doing it and it just it might be something UVA can adjust to and and you know there's a reason most teams don't play zone is because it's hard to pull off as well as Syracuse does but it also made you sort of go god I don't know what to expect uh, who's who, who's going to carry the offense how are we going to score all these questions that we know we have to ask and, and know we want to see answered but you 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 could sort of throw out the Syracuse answer because no one is going to play defense like that probably uh, for, for any more of the games this year. So even if we saw something, it's like, they're not going <laughs> to, they're not going to utilize that technique a whole lot more. And what we did see is not a whole lot. <laughs> so I, I don't know what to, uh, to really take away from that game. And then you got a little bit more of it answered against James Madison, but you know, that's not an ACC opponent. And then again, they threw zone for three quarters of the game out. So I think we're seeing bits and pieces of, of what to expect. It's definitely a team that's going to rely on Mamadi uh, to score in bunches. And he seems quite comfortable with that responsibility. Uh, would you say that's fair, Caroline? Yeah, absolutely. He's been an absolute revelation, uh, especially against JMU. Um, but I thought he was great against Syracuse as well. Um, but he had a big boy double double against JMU. Like nineteen thirteen is like that's especially considering pace. Like that's a big boy double double, and he was doing everything. And we saw him hit his first three pointer, and he looked comfortable doing that. Um, then on like the next bucket he scores, he's catching it out on the wings and you know, driving in the lane for an emphatic dunk. The thing that's really stood out, I think you're right. I, this is going to be a team, and we knew this coming in that there were so many questions, especially around shooting this is going to be a team that is going to get better over the course of the season. I mean, mm-hmm. you would anticipate, hopefully I don't <laughs> think they'll continue shooting 16% from three, but mm-hmm. um, what I liked against JMU and it's again, hard seeing them play. Like you said, a full game against the Syracuse zone and then probably about half to three quarters of a game against JMU zone, which was slightly different, allowed for a little bit more driving, but mm-hmm. still wanted to force the same zone principles is um, I really did like, especially against JMU, the motion of the offense and what they were creating. So mm-hmm. they got good shots and they were taking smart shots. They just weren't going in. And obviously that's the most important part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so does it actually go in? But the idea being that I see what they're trying to do. I like what their movements were. I like what their thoughts process was, how they were utilizing the players. Um, still some early turnovers you know these you look at this team and this is a bunch of people that haven't had a bunch of time playing together um so those are things that i think will you know last year that team started and you expected them to play at a certain level and then keep that same level of just being really really good the whole season this is a team that's is good i think this is a good team to being potentially great as opposed to starting at outstanding and staying at outstanding so i still think the ceiling is lower than where virginia was last year but the, I mean, this defense is better than it was last year. Like I think, Certainly at the end, like, statistically, yeah, yeah. And granted, again, small sample size is Syracuse going to have. This was supposed to be the Syracuse team that had people that could shoot 
and had an offense. Right. Like, that was the story coming into the season is like, what's Jim Beheim going to do with these guys you can shoot? Well, I think it's, it's the, the weird part of starting with that ACC game, yeah. which none of us, I think, were huge fans of, no. particularly on the road being the defending champion. Like, it's a little messed up. Um, but yeah. they get that conference win, and, and collecting conference wins is probably the most important part of the, <laughs> yeah. the regular season, right? I, I mean, obviously, it's, it's almost like they stole a little bit uh, a road win because you know Syracuse is going to shoot better than that yes. throughout the course of the year. And, you know, is if, if it's a more experienced team midway through the season that has had some games under their belt, you, that team, Syracuse, probably shoots better at home than they did. Uh, you know, a little column A, column B, inexperience, starting the year, playing UVA, one of the best teams <laughs> in the country. All of that obviously factors in. But I would rather face Syracuse game one than I would halfway yeah. through the season because you probably catch them uh, with a, a more potential for them to be as cold as they were. But yeah, there's a couple ways to look at it. Like, yeah. not a single team wants to start the season playing the pack line. Right, of course. I almost feel worse for Syracuse even though Virginia had to go on the road and play that two, three zone. That's difficult. Like being able to prepare for a two, three zone is such a different thing than being able to trying to prepare for the pack line. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, kind of what you're going to get where you're facing, where it's harder to replicate what the pack line does. I think it obviously, like you said, like a good two, three zone is tough to replicate as well, but that's why people always like having that bye week before they played the triple option or before you play Syracuse, because you can now focus entirely on these, like, I don't like to call things like kitschy or like whatever defenses because I do Virginia plays like their own, like, you know, but I, I do think that's interesting. Cause like no team wants to start by getting just demoralized like playing the, mm. the pack line, because you know that that's going to be ready out the gate. So Will, talk to me about some of these new faces. What are, what are your impressions? Are you caping for anyone? I'm, I'm sort of leading the question here because my phone was blowing up with people with a new favorite uh, after these first two games. But Well, I don't know why anybody needs a new favorite since the favorite has been on the roster for three years now, and that is one seven-foot-tall white kid <laughs> that can not only dunk it from the midcourt line but also drain the three, and that is one Jay Huff. So <laughs> well, if anybody has a new favorite, they are fake fans. And <laughs> I figured you were still caping for Huff, but it was Statman that everyone was was blown up uh, in, in my contacts um, after the Madison game. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe it's because Statman could convert the the fast break with a epic dunk, and Jay Huff's fast break ended up a little less epic and, and a little less true. of a dunk. <laughs> I won't lie; when I saw him dunk it, I literally thought to myself, "Holy crap! That's a UVA player that finished a fast break on a dunk rather than pulling it out and just waiting for the rest of the team to show up." <laughs> We're or not some calling really him... off balance layup that like rips We're out. We're like, not calling Why? him Justin Anderson yet, maybe, but I mean. <laughs> yeah. It speaks – his size really does speak to, to a big reason why this might be a better defensive team is on the wing. Have you got Key and, uh, and Morsel, Morsel – Morsel, Morsel, potato, potato. I don't, I, I, he is already, I think, a better defender because of his length, and he's just yeah. really good at it already, than either uh, Ty or Kyle. Yeah, both of those guys have – for two separate reasons have impressed me already with their defense one because Statman obviously we didn't get to see him a lot but I've been really impressed with his lateral quickness I thought that was something that's really stood out and he's 
fit in really well and made some really nice defensive plays already. I think he has two blocks, which I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, he's six, seven or something like that. Six, seven and a half. So we're in there. Um, and then Morcel surprised just because being where he is already two games in as a first year, like, yeah, he struggled shooting, but that's something that like, he's just gonna, I, I have absolutely no concerns about that kid. Like he was, I think, Oh, for nine, which is never great. One shot. He <laughs> drove the lane. It was so beautiful. And I think he was shocked. He was so wide open. Like he anticipated a defender mm-hmm. sliding. So when he turned and like stepped, <laughs> there was no one there. So he, he kind of like bunny. hesitated it yep. and like put it off the front of the rim. And I was like, yep. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> um, but his defense has been great. Like everybody's defense has been great. And so when you have, Jay Huff, who looks so much better and more comfortable already, in there with Diakite, who's just a monster. And then you've got Key, who's been so good. And then Statman or Morcel. And then Kihei, who has not gotten taller, but he's definitely gotten bigger. Um, and his defense has been outstanding as well. Um, so it's just... I'm impressed. Now, I'm excited to see what McCoy does. He was not going to get a ton of run this year but I think he's the type of player that could turn into an Isaiah Wilkins-esque defender with more of an offensive touch. Just the way he's built and his, all those things we say, the motor and the, and the hops and all those things. But I think that he's the guy that could end up being a really big contributor for this team going forward. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they use McCoy. Obviously, we saw him like literally for what, two or three minutes. I don't know how many um, how many minutes he had in the first two games, but it wasn't much. And I was kind of expecting him to get a little more run, at least in the JMU game when things got a little out of hand. Mm-hmm. He got four minutes against Syracuse and 12 against um, JMU. No, I guess 12 is more than I, more than I remember. It did him. seem a lot, like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but he, this did, is he all, didn't I, play a lot early. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I also kind of stopped paying attention when it got out a little hand, out a little out of hand also. <laughs> he got a little silly. Scored nine points until the like last two minutes of the second half yeah Yeah. that was i looked up at one point they basically scored a bucket every five minutes in the second half and that was it they had 11 points um opponents against uh, opponents or whatever syracuse and jamie this season have scored 12 two-point buckets against virginia yeah, that, that'll help you win games um, for sure. <laughs> Something that who's they they're, they're definitely going to need to find the outside shooting, and uh, you know we know Kihei sh- showed flashes of it, and overall I think had a, a fairly decent, well, you know, somewhere in the thirties, right? Um, last season I could be making that his up. His shoot, his three point percentage. Yeah, 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 it was right around thirty four, thirty five. Yeah. But so far this year, um, you know, if they're relying on Statman, who that's his reputation, or Marcel had some of that reputation, and then um, uh, Walden Tensei <laughs> also Class. had the reputation. I'm never, ever going to say that um, correctly. But, it, you know, he, Tomas, 0-4-3 uh, against Syracuse, didn't play against Madison. Um, Marcel one for six from three against Syracuse and then over five. Statman was one for three and then over six. <laughs> and Kihei was <laughs> a, a not respectable, but better than over two for eight from Syracuse and then one for five against you. I mean, my point being, these are two yeah. cold, cold shooting games um, from our guards. And that's just you know it, it it can't continue if they're yeah. going to be uh a great team uh this year but no one's saying it can't they can't turn it around At least yeah I'm and everything 
you give yourself a lot of leeway when you're only letting teams score 34 points. Well, of course, them. yeah, it hides some of <laughs> some of it. It, it, it. It's the biggest question, and we still don't have the answer. We might have the answer as a, like what what is probably going to work for them to score, and that's obviously getting the ball in the paint and using your yeah. bigs. I mean, the those Huff and Mamadi seem to be playing well together. Um, and, and none of this is to take away from Key, who could also slip into that, uh, yeah. I don't know, we need a bucket type of type of role. But you got you, you, you to gotta have guards that can shoot, and they yeah. don't yet. And it's been the question, which of those guards is going to be able to carry that, and we don't know yet. I just hope yeah. they don't all like turn on the same day and like do this thing where they're all either all on or all off. Like <laughs> y'all are, can switch in and out. That's fine too. <laughs> like a baseball team. Yeah, I was just gonna say that uh, obviously Kihei giving his five foot seven stature is never going to be the offensive power we need, or excuse me, that UVA needs on the offensive boards. Nobody's taking away his defensive capabilities, um, but yeah. It's just hard. Would, He's not going to create his own <laughs> shot as right. easily, right? And I was. I'm also looking forward to seeing what Kafaro Kafaro can do when <laughs> once he comes back from the DL. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not. We don't. UVA doesn't need another big body. I guess. I mean, yeah. depth is always good, but they they need a guard. So they need Wilden Tensei, or they need Marcel. They or and they and and they need key because key I think like you guys have said is going to be the major major contributor given that he has the experience mm-hmm. and he can step into hopefully the DeAndre role that that they need him to step into. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I think it's probably time for us to move on to football since we're a couple of games behind there. But uh, the the Who's host Columbia uh, Saturday afternoon and uh, Vermont a few days later. The Vermont uh, so one should be fun. Columbia, Columbia is muy mal, muy muy they, mal. So. They, gave, they gave Wake a run for their money. Well, Wake is muy saying, mal also. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Columbia is better than JMU, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know. We'll st- According to our Lord and Savior Ken Palm, <laughs> yeah. Columbia is about 100 spots better than JMU. But so. is that because JMU has played UVA and that, that brought down there? No, they were like 220 or something, that, I gotcha. think. But, um, right. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm a little worried for Maine, for them. Like, they might not break 30. That's my. Yeah. Uh, let us never feel bad for opposing teams, Caroline. I okay. think that's an important lesson. We have felt bad for our teams enough that that's we're true. allowed to feel just good for our teams here. I want to see a lot in more. This of... era of Virginia sports dominance that we are blissfully enjoying. I want to um, see more Grant Kersey and Grant Kersey 2.0. You know, maybe Grant Kersey is the answer for outside shooting. I don't know. You mean I the know. guy that's shooting 100% for his career? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk, let's talk football. We, right. we can ramble on about basketball <laughs> <laughs> we do need to get to the football because uh last podcast we were here hoping and praying and and lamenting the inevitable letdown that potentially was coming against the tar heels and you yeah. know what the who's didn't let us down they went the to chapel hill like, oh shit <laughs> and they they fought and fought and the you know the argyle clad fans kept thinking the home team had turned the corner and had momentum and the who's would not relinquish that momentum and i'm i was just so amped to see them 
just win win one of these games you know one of these critical games uh foreshadowing we have one coming up in the, oh, in the, towards the end of the month but this this is a big statement um i know UNC has had a lot of ups and downs to their season, but more ups than not, particularly their quarterback play. And we saw why they, they, you know, how threw it all over UVA has depleted secondary, but uh, who's stuck with it and Bryce Perkins and company made enough, enough plays to, to win that. And the defense, I'll give them credit. The defense made enough plays at the end to shut it down and, and to get out of there with a win. That's just so, nice to see uh you know i i was pleasantly surprised and cheering my butt off for him so uh, what else can you really say about it other than if bryce perkins is on this team's going to be able to compete um and, and that's what we saw this was the bryce of last year this was the offense just had new life. The offensive line gave him time. The mm-hmm. receivers ran good routes and made tough catches and Bryce threw everything perfectly. I can't stop thinking about that pass across the middle that picked up like 34 yards to Terrell Jana, like on, you know, I think it was like a fourth down or fourth quarter drive. Like mm-hmm. Terrell Jana was fantastic. And mm-hmm. having him emerge in the last couple of weeks is like this legitimate dangerous third target and then we will talk about georgia tech and what billy kemp and tavares kelly did but you know these are this is a group i remember having a face-to-face conversation with someone before the season started and they were like i just don't believe that they have the receivers to to provide enough targets for bryce i don't think there's enough talent there i think it's where we're going to struggle and i was like well I think they're going to be Clearly, right. they meant running the ball. Whoever yeah. this <laughs> and, I mean, and I like the guys we have. It's just a matter <laughs> of like not getting anything done with it. But, you know, it's just the, the biggest question for the rest of the season is going to be, can the offense score enough to make up for the losses on defense? Because and it's I'm devastated. Like, I'm not even mad about it. Like, I can't get mad. I'm not trying to talk trash about the players. Like, it's not like someone's not performing. It's just literally everyone got hurt from the same position. And that changes the way the defense has to play because, you know, the last two games you haven't really heard Snowden's name called as much or, you know, they didn't get to the quarterback as much as you might have thought they mm-hmm. would have in the last – well, Howell's pretty good at getting away. But, like, against Georgia Tech, that's a line that has struggled itself – you know, but the way that they've had to change the scheme to kind of try and reduce some of that pressure on that on that yeah. back secondary group, like you're not seeing as creative or exotic of blitzes. And so it's really just changed the whole dynamic of the defense. And I mean, honestly, we're not going to get anybody back. Like, that's the thing that sucks. Like, these are all like when they got hurt, they got hurt for the season. Like, these guys are out. So it's just a matter of like, these having a bye week now and then having a Liberty game that won't have an impact on the ACC race is well-timed. Like I'm going to put this out there now, everybody don't go into this thinking that Virginia is going to get a ton of rest against Liberty in the second half with starters, because that's a team that can throw the damn ball. Like they have a quarterback named Buckshot Calvert. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, so I'm just saying now, like this, that could be a much closer, tougher game than I think maybe some people are thinking about. Um, because that is the the glaring weakness of this team and it's devastating because that was the like torch carrying strength start of the season mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. so how is it going to affect the last two weeks of the season and and on it's nice being bowl eligible and having seven wins <laughs> mm-hmm. that's delightful um and the offense is playing really well it's just a matter of you know what can they do defensively to stop some of the 
the yeah. big plays. Some of that's just tackling. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. throw that out there. And oh, so yeah. I like having two weeks to fix that stuff. Yeah. Um, and just get back, get some of these younger guys, maybe. Um, Before we get into down the road, um, Will, you know, in that UNC win and a little bit the Georgia Tech, I mean, what what did you see the, the who's maybe answering some critics? Uh, oh, or, no, they're 2-0 and the last two games, and I have probably less confidence now than I did, like, after the uh-huh. Pitt game or the Florida State game. I'm so – and the the offense is so frustrating. I was I was a guest on a Georgia Tech pod last week, and they were talking about the UVA offense. And I told them, like, listen, guys, UVA's offense is one person, and it is Bryce Perkins. And it, over the last two games – we've seen that that is entirely the offense. Like if Bryce can, can get three seconds and complete a pass. Great. If Bryce somehow breaks contain and they don't have a spy on Bryce and he can get out in the flat and get out in space. Great. They're not going to run the ball. If they do run the ball, it's going to be up the middle. So it's just, it's so one dimensional and frustrating to watch that if, if if Virginia Tech or Liberty or any future possible opponents are able to restrict Bryce Perkins, UVA could legitimately score like nine points. And at which and with the actually that would be probably be three field goals. And I'm not sure that they that that's possible. We'll go with ten. We'll we'll be we'll be fair and say ten points. Well, but it's like, interesting because it's not like what has changed personnel wise um, on the offensive side you know, this year, not a whole lot, you know, yeah, I, if anything, there's I, been some emergence by, you know, a couple of the receivers, but. Um, I, yeah, I have no idea what happened. I mean, they, the, they had a, a decent running game at least last year, but this year it's just like, I mean, I, I have no idea how to call plays. I've played in CA football on Xbox so many times, <laughs> but I don't think that really uh, uh, transfers into the real world, but running. Probably not. Putting, putting Bryce in the shotgun and having Tuala Papa next to him or whoever they have next to him and watching him, watching the halfback run into the line with Bryce immediately followed and Bryce falls down for half a yard game. I am tired of seeing that. I would like, I I, like, I can, they run a counter one time or can they run like off tackle or, or, and we've been clamoring this for like 10 games now. Can they run a screen? Can no. they run a screen? I'd like to see it. It's funny because we like we wanted them to stop running screens like five years ago. Right, right, right. Oh, Can we have some balance? Screen pass. Like right, now we're like right. just a couple screen passes, maybe. <laughs> I do and think I keep they- holding out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I keep holding <laughs> out. I asked Paul Wiley this going after the Florida State game, going into the Notre Dame game. Notre Dame game. I was like, Paul, what do you think the odds are that Anai is just like holding these secret plays back for the important games? since they were like, they could like roll through Pitt and get through Florida State and everything would be okay. But the Notre Dame game, they're going to bust out the jet sweeps and they're going to bust out the screens. And Paul said, you're an idiot. And look (laughs) at that. I was an idiot because they still haven't done it. So I'm I'm, I'm holding out hope that in the Virginia Tech game, they're going to come out and they're going to run a jet sweep on the first play, a halfback pitch off tackle the second play and a screen that will run for 80 yards on the third play. (laughs) I do like, I think things have looked a little bit more creative or different in the past couple of weeks. Maybe it's just Bryce is getting more time or I'm being optimistic myself, but the introduction of some of those like tight end plays at Carolina, I was like, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I thought that was so much. And you're right. Like I, I understand. And I agree to an extent that the like, 
the entire team is just Bryce. Like I, I do, I, I do think that discounts a little bit that some of the playmakers that do exist on the team when it comes to like, you know, guys do have to catch it and like do something with it. And I think we no, have no, to no, no, no. That's fine. But they are still relying on making on, on forcing Bryce to like fit the ball into a square window and, yeah. on, and praying that he can avoid a rush long enough to get them the ball. Right. No. And, and I understand. Yeah. I understand that. And, and agreed, like, you know, losing, Jordan Ellis was obviously like the big difference. Like that guy could just churn. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying Talapapa can't. I think he's been pretty good considering what the situations. Caroline are. hates Wayne Talapapa. <laughs> piling on the freshman running back. <laughs> that we've asked him to run, like right. we said, up the middle. Like, here you go, Wayne, up the middle. Um, but he has been really, really good. Here's my. Here's all I want. Uh, this shouldn't be and it shouldn't just be all I want. <laughs> just can we score a touchdown not on third and goal? Like just give me one on like first or second. So I don't have that anxiety yeah. of like this is gonna fall apart at the two yard line and we're gonna kick twenty four yard field goal from basically on top of the end zone. Um no, I'm just, but they've they've done that and like it's it's nice to see like he's I mean he has the most what he's eleven touchdowns, I think, Patala Papa, like right in all of them most of them coming in that, you know. And the red zone efficiency has gotten so much better mm-hmm. after the Miami game where it was like, Oh, for six, they went six for six last week. And I mean, that's, again, it's going to end up, can they score more than Liberty and tech? And while um, I, oh, you guys, I, we're not anywhere near it, but I'm, I'm real nervous. <laughs> well, and another, usually, you know me, I'm usually like, this is it. This is the year. <laughs> another dimension um that i think we in these two games that we've seen succeed is is perkins running ability um has brought some of the the big plays that that have been missing and yeah some of the long passing plays maybe haven't been there um as much as as last year's perkins but to have that that statement run he had against carolina was quintessential game-changing Bryce Perkins I mean something that everyone's jaw was on the ground going wow that was so awesome (laughs) how did he stay in bounds and you know and he had 106 yards rushing against Georgia Tech too so I mean he's he's being asked to do a lot and he is doing that much um I, I think I wouldn't say it's been a more creative offense uh but I do think uh the the, and Robert and I has called two decent games um, yes. and, and I have no, it, it seemed like the offense had a flow, had a, yeah. a rhythm to it and, and had a plan and was executing it uh, much more than some of these um, previous more frustrating games. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's, it's necessarily more creative because it's still the same time. Like Will, like you're saying, there's a whole box of play calling out there. I guess that, I meant more of the like, like, like the touchdown pass to Cowley and then using like yeah. Grant Mish. Like really just tight ends is really all I want. <laughs> uh, no, but some of those things were things that we didn't see. Like that was smart because knowing that UNC was going to bite on Bryce keeping the ball. Like mm-hmm. – and and doing those things and, and oh, that throwing the, uh, him to the do pop the pass the pop I mean pass. is just well, well I, maybe jump passes right I don't know yeah I, no I, and that's the stuff where I was like this <laughs> see that's yeah. that to me was like that was a smart creative play like they were using what they like enticed Carolina into that by yeah. because Bryce is such a threat you can do and those things and there was trolling the touchdown dude. that in yeah. the same also fun. which is always a good goal but. the touchdown that got called back on Saturday because. I forget what they actually end up calling on Virginia, the hold maybe. Um, 
another that was a play where I I really wanted that touchdown to count for a few reasons. One because you got touchdown. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But the decision-making by Bryce on that play was outstanding. I was, like, yelling at my TV, like, that was good. That was so good. Because he <laughs> knew where he was. He looked, had his head up, didn't, you know, just throw it away, found a guy that was, you know, safe and not going to get it picked off, like, the whole thing. And I thought that that was a good uh, – but, you know, they ended up scoring a touchdown on the drive after – I think they probably got pass interference or something that extended it. But um, – <laughs> I'm enjoying picturing Caroline yelling at her TV on Saturday. Good job, Bryce. I am <laughs> proud of you for doing a good job. Good job, buddy. And there's fewer words, more clapping. Yeah. Like, just like, yes. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> the dog looking up like, what is wrong with you? Don't worry. She judges me for The dog's like, you. you're being a little over-supportive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> over-dramatic, over-supportive. She's like, listen, I was sleeping. Can you shut up? <laughs> makes makes sense uh, dogs they just don't get it um <laughs> anyway uh so yeah two games left for the football team maybe next week we'll come back and, and preview uh the liberty and talk a little bit more about our opinions of virginia tech but um we should note that they had a big uh, the Hokies did look pretty good later in the day against wake forest uh so it is a daunting task that i think it's just going to be three weeks of uva hearing that they're going to lose again yeah. Which is different than last year, where every you know all the chatter was, "Oh, this is it," oh. uh, and that didn't work. So maybe <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe counting them out is the best place for them. Um, the hardest part is, like, and granted, and you know, Will Will wrote this story for the site. Like, there's still a very slim chance that if, so say Georgia Tech keeps oh, that no, no, same energy. I don't think <laughs> they can now. If they if they lose two, it's still right. But uh, right? no, I mean, yeah, me, I gotta think about it. Uh, maybe, but what no, else happened last them, week? No, that's right. So if they lose two, they'll have four losses in the ACC. Right now, Virginia's five and two. So the worst they could finish would be five and three. So if they if Georgia Tech keeps that same energy and somehow upsets Virginia Tech, and then Virginia Tech also loses to Pitt. There'd yeah, still be it basically but, that game wouldn't come down to Virginia or Virginia Tech winning the coastal. There could still be a pit floating around or a Miami. Or Miami, right. But oh, that right, game yeah. that game it won't be winner goes to coastal. Yeah, It'll yeah. just so still decide if UVA wins it or not. But yeah, Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> like so <laughs> it's just uh, the commentators across like everything, like ABC Speaking now. Of winning They're the all like, sorry. <laughs> no, it's just like all the commentators are like, "Oh man, that game in Charlottesville's well, this is it's probably gonna come down to the coast. will be deciding." They're so excited about it and like how fun that'll be. And I'm like, "This Caroline, is what the are you worst. watching? You're actually talking about the ACC coastal. You need to turn it, <laughs> turn the ACC network off because no, that, that was that literally ABC. ABC. It was yeah. the LSU Alabama game. They were Disney showing Plus like, is out, so now you'll not watch yeah, ACC exactly. network eight hours a day. <laughs> I want to replace it with like just watching Star Wars. Moana. Um, (laughs) If you besmirch Moana one more time, we're going to have words. I didn't say it was not the thing to watch all day. In fact, said that's what she was going to be doing. You're inferring the negativity there. Um, So speaking of winning the Coastal, that would most likely um, at this point put the Who's in to the Orange Bowl. Uh, even when they lose to Clemson. I know it's not definite, but it, yeah. it's probably the most likely thing to happen. 
um, and and the, the potential Orange Bowl opponents include Alabama, <laughs> which I think is is honestly unlikely to happen. But it, it, obviously, a lot can can is yet to be determined. Um, regardless, it's going to be a good team that they're going to play in the Orange Bowl, which brought up our conversation today. Did I successfully convince you guys that UVA playing in the Orange Bowl is the best case scenario for this season? Well, look, no. we know that I obviously the Orange Bowl is the best bowl like available. I'm not saying like I don't want Virginia to go to the Orange Bowl. I'm saying if Wake, say, went to the Orange Bowl instead, I think that it's just as lovely for Virginia to have a chance to play like maybe let's say in Kentucky and the in Nashville and the Music City Bowl no. and they don't get curb stomped for two weeks straight or two games straight and then open the next season by getting stomped on by Georgia. Like I just I understand the idea. I don't necessarily agree with the idea that everyone just forgets and the only thing people remember is the Orange Bowl and that, you know, recruits only care about the Orange Bowl and that losing by 40 in embarrassing fashion when there's literally no other game on for anyone to watch is actually what the program needs at year four of a rebuild. I just I just ugh. think you don't have any faith in the who's. Uh, <laughs> yes, <I'm laughs> and I am shocked, Caroline. <laughs> Will, Look, you I know watch... they think they're – we all know you think they're going to lose every game they play by 40. So. 100% I do not have faith in them being competitive <laughs> on the same playing field as Alabama. You are correct. But, have you seen but, Judy's abilities? He's so good. Yeah, he but is really good. I have changed my tune a bit. Okay. So I'm not completely off of Caroline's team, and it's sad that I'm saying <laughs> that. So, and and what I what Caroline is getting at is that we we being Caroline and I, and we live on this <laughs> island by ourselves. Team cowardice is yes, what we could fine, refer. Whatever. Yeah. That's the fine. City that could possibly come along with just getting absolutely curb stomped on national television at noon on New Year's Day. It seems like a like, it seems like a bit to overcome. Like, but. What what has changed my tune? And a buddy brought. I was discussing this with another buddy. He was like, "No," and we've talked about it a little bit. And I guess hearing it from somebody else in another example made it, I guess, <laughs> more relevant. But he was like, "You UConn played in the Fiesta Bowl like what, like six or seven years ago before Randy Etzel immediately mm-hmm. jumped ship to Maryland." Mm-hmm. No, do you? Does anybody know what happened other than they played in the Fiesta Bowl? They lost by a know. lot. I didn't even well, know they played I, in the Fiesta Bowl. Here's your butthole. But yeah. They, <laughs> so they lost. They played Oklahoma. They lost 48 to 20. So they mm-hmm. lost by 28. I didn't I, – I mean, I watched too much college football. I watched way too much. I folk, I pay attention way too much. I didn't know that they got curb stomped. I didn't – I was pretty sure that they lost. So you're just but, saying I'm smarter than you. That's right. <laughs> in this discussion, it was easy to pick up with where he was going with this. I never once But now look at UConn. Come on. We don't need to bring UConn into UVA. We've been worse than UConn. We've been there. We're not doing – UVA has lost to UConn in the last three exactly. years. Exactly. <laughs> that is true. I was at that game. That sucked. <laughs> no, I guess I, I look, and I'm not going to say like if they go to the Orange Bowl, I'd be disappointed or like, oh no. no like, I'll put on my happy to be here shirt and like go to Miami for New Year's. Like, that's fine. Like, 
we boiled it down to this. You're you're in charge right now for whatever reason and throw out <laughs> because throw, everyone got smart and finally even, put me in charge. Even throw out that like like if they're in the Orange Bowl, that means they beat Virginia Tech. Obviously, we cool. probably all put that right now as priority number one, right? Yes, absolutely. And then you also throw out that it means they win the coastal, which is probably priority number two for us yes. as we so throw those things out and then also throw out um, e- location things, ease of travel, things like that. Sure. If, even e- any of that aside, or, or here's, here's the last thing you need to throw out, that by <laughs> turning down an Orange Bowl invitation, the ad- administration oh, would be this, the laughing sec. Right, that's no, not going to happen. Yeah, in right, this right. hypothetical. So in this hypothetical, you're just getting to decide, exactly. Yeah. The, the, the gods come to you and say, Caroline, flip this switch and UVA is going to the Orange Bowl. Flip this switch and they're going to the Music City Bowl or equivalent. All, everything else remains the same. They're, they're tech, they're coastal, yeah. blah, 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 which <laughs> I'm going to get roasted. <laughs> if it's Orange Bowl against Alabama or Music City Bowl against Kentucky, I want them to get a win. I'm going to the Music City Bowl. <laughs> like if all those other things are yeah. If all those other things are equal, look, and I understand, I understand, like, I understand what you're saying, and I completely, agree. I get that. Like, I just think for where this program is and what the limitations are going to be defensively and injury wise and all that sort of stuff, I kind of like the idea of finishing on a gate, like a winnable game that they can compete in and and finish with more optimism than going destroyed by Clemson destroyed by Alabama, <laughs> destroyed by Georgia, because I, and I'm not trying to be super negative. I don't think, like it, which I, that, what I, I don't think that Virginia is on Noted the same level negativity. as those three teams right now, <laughs> right, right. even extending into the beginning of next season is when you're looking at no more Bryce Perkins, like that's a tough three game stretch. Obviously if they go, like if they earn a spot in the orange bowl, they deserve it. They earned it. They're going to play. They're going to play hard. Right, I don't right. have any doubts about any of that stuff. I'm just saying like in the idea of, and I understand I'm probably going to get roasted for this. It's fine. Like, if Caroline gets <laughs> to flip a switch, I think that the benefits of playing in the orange – I don't know. And I'm not as up on recruiting. I get that idea, like, getting mm-hmm. to say you went to the Orange Bowl. Um, but, you know, like, and, and Chick-fil-A Bowl was not on that same level. Mm-hmm. It was. It is a – it's a New Year's Six Bowl. It, don't, yeah. don't tell like, me not otherwise. it wasn't back then. So <laughs> doesn't matter. It is now. It does Going matter. <laughs> the Chick-fil-A Bowl felt like such a big deal, and I feel like that was just a disaster. I like, think it only was a disaster because uh, the the wheels came off the Mike London program. I, th- I think it, I think we're looking back at that as a disaster in hindsight, and at, yeah. I don't think we thought it was a disaster even after the game was over. I think I it, was, it was. I was at the game and I expected them to lose, but I couldn't tell you how much they lost by. Like it was, was a, a seventeen twenty one. I don't. Uh, yeah, know. Auburn pulled away. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, they the, were. I mean, UVA did some stupid. Like, didn't UVA yeah. run a fake punt on like their own thirteen or something like there that? There was a there was a blocked punt. I think. I, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I don't, any, you know, anyway, I, I my come... point. <laughs> are, am I being outvoted here? And that obviously oh. I disagree with Caroline. I I die on neither hill now. I don't. <laughs> I, I respect, no, but the gods understand the arguments on both sides. <laughs> I I'm actually now leaning towards go just get sacrificed to Nick Saban and, yeah. and live with it because to be honest, what what I what my biggest problem is boiled down to recruiting. And to be honest, I don't know. And Justin Ferber pointed this out to me on Twitter that like. 
you're expected to lose by a bazillion to Alabama if you're UVA. Mm-hmm. So like you're not gonna lose, or you're and you're probably you. I mean, you might like gain some interest from recruits from being on the same field. But mm-hmm. honestly, the kids that UVA is recruiting, they're not gonna lose recruits just by being demoralized right, by right. Alabama. So right. I mean, ultimately, whatever. Go go to Miami. Yeah, that's lose by 140, and we'll move on. And maybe some four star in Florida or. Somewhere be like, hey, UVA actually like maybe plays there. So maybe, maybe here's what, you know what? Maybe some five-star quarterbacks like, you know what, UVA, they need me to come play. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's, and that, it's a solid that's the part pitch. I know in the, in the hypothetical, you said take out location, take out. That is actually a big piece of it as well as playing in Miami in front. That I mean, mm. getting any attention that you can in Florida is a big deal. Um, I'm not worried about yeah. that. that. I mean, Wiley made that point up to us, but I, that's irrelevant to me. I think playing in the big bowl, whether it be sugar bowl, orange bowl, cotton bowl, Chick-fil-A bowl, Fiesta, Rose, whatever. The ones just listing bowls. Well, well, the, the, big six, bowl. the big six that you can get into, just playing on that national stage and having the, the, the cachet that goes with right. it, I think. Yeah is right. the, the most beneficial to the program. The, the point w- would be the same if, it, if the tie-in was the Fiesta or, or, right. or even more so yes. Ro- Rose. It doesn't get any you know, bigger name. Yeah. And uh, though we know the, the tiers of the bowls and where you finish in the conference, that this means you finish third in the ACC or fourth, better than fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or whatever, all those others to most people may as well be the big bad boy motors bowl that <laughs> I'm only watching in the background because it's what's on right now before the more interesting games. Yeah, because so it doesn't, on. It doesn't have near the, the window of exposure um, as these New Year's Day bowls. So I've, I think we're all on the same team, and I have convinced you both. So uh, props <laughs> I will to add me one thing. Once- <laughs> with, I will add one thing that's interesting in this discussion with um, not this one, whatever bowls. Um, the Liberty game actually has a little bit of extra mystique, if you will. If Virginia gets that eighth win, um, they can't be passed over for those tier one bowls. So ah, in, in the point. sense of they can't, so say like Music City Bowl, for example. Yeah. Um, if six and four UNC is an option and eight and two Virginia or whatever, I can add it's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> they can't take uh, gotcha. UNC over Virginia if they have that. We'll we'll break down those upcoming games um, next week. Uh, but before we get going t- uh, here tonight, we, we do want to give a shout out to the uh, football squads where uh, the women's team, uh, lost a heartbreaker in double OT. To I'm UC. still furious. Uh, it was the ACC championship, but they do have a one seed uh, for the national tournament, uh, which is certainly uh, the bigger goal. And they're going to host Radford uh, November 16th uh, for the first round of the NCAA tournament. So coming up uh, four days from now, uh, the men are still in the conference tournament. They beat Syracuse two to one to start that off. And on uh, Wednesday, the 13th, um, they are going to be playing Wake Forest, who is no slouch, number seven team in the country. Um, they tied the last time they played in the regular season because Virginia sure did. had And uh, Wake, Wake beat uh, a decent Virginia Tech team, so um, it'll be uh, tough for the Hoos, but both both football teams, football teams in, in good shape to make deep runs. Hopefully uh, the postseason. ladies will get their goalie back, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. Yeah, good point. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll follow up with that, and we'll follow up with more basketball and uh, the football bye week. 
uh, on the blog. So for everybody at the blog, and uh, thanks to uh, Will and Caroline for joining me tonight. Uh, go Hoops. Oh, 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 oh